Hey guys, Clay Edwards here. I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow, trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. On the line here, I have got with DarkHorsePressNow.com, my friend and yours, Miss Therese April. Good morning, Therese. Good morning, Clay. How are you? I am good. I am good. It's, it's Thursday. we got one more day left to the weekend. That's always my time to shine. So <laughs> we'll see how it all shakes out. Hey, look, so you were in the courtroom yesterday. And again, thank you for covering this trial. That, uh, you and CJ have been the only uh, mainstream media outlets to to get in there. So I, I, I appreciate it. I think this we need to shine as much light on this as possible. But uh, John Sullivan, uh, the soon-to-be former Rankin County tax assessor, was accused of rape back last year. Uh, it was a, the night before the St. Paddy's Day parade. I remember that vividly. Uh, he he yeah. was leaving Byram, got pulled over, got a DUI in Byram, uh, said some pretty awful things in a um, in the interview room there in Byram. I was there in the courtroom for the when the Byram PD, the Byram police officer, got in uh, testified. Yeah. And, and just some of the things he said, they they didn't ask him a whole lot. They just asked him basically at the end of the day, and I guess they were trying to keep out of there that. He got a DUI. They weren't allowed to mention that. They were just allowed to mention that he got pulled over. He was drunk, but they didn't say DUI. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, from a legal perspective, but he, he had asked him what he was doing tonight. He said, "Man, it was going to be a night full of jacuzzi." And I, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, uh, "Paraphrasing, getting some of the p word and lust." And I'm just like, yeah. "What kind of sick sob uses the word lust to describe right. what he's going to do that night?" And um and, and then of course you just pile in all the things that you hear about him and I look I know people say things about me too so it is what it is, but then knowing knowing what went on that night, I, there was a friend of the family uh, in that vehicle when he got pulled over in Byram so I, I know what the state of mind was, just knowing all I know, you know I I haven't talked about this much I wanted to wait till the trial started, and that's where we're at and you were in there yesterday, and yeah. I, I was in there the day before and I got to hear. All of well, the initial, I, I was in there the opening day. What was that, Monday? So, and I got to hear, this is from his lawyer, talking about, uh, and, you know, he's going to try to paint the case as nice as he can for his defendant. And even that he was having to describe. And, guys, if y'all got kids in the car, you probably, probably want to change the channel. Or maybe let them hear it. They probably should hear this, especially if you have young girls in the car. Let no kind of old dirty bastards are out there. Um, talks about her being 19, pulling down her clothes, giving her oral sex, this, that, and the other, and of course, that's where yeah. that's where they say it stops. Um, and I, I was looking at her family and friends of the family up there, and just the body language on them made me so angry and sick to see. Yeah. Anyway, so let, let's pick up there. Yesterday was an interesting day. Apparently, they found out one of the jurors was his friend, and they uh, they've had to kick this juror off. Yes, and it was interesting because I had a tip that there was a juror that may have been compromised, and so I was watching the jury. And there was one guy that I was sure that wasn't it. And this is just me just totally calling it wrong. 
because he looked so angry. And, like, he would stare down John Sullivan with this, like, angry look on his face. And, or maybe that was just his face. I don't know. But the point is, I was like, well, it's not him, because that's probably a girl dad right there. He's mad. And then he was the one that was missing after the um, the break right around lunchtime. Really? Um, yeah, but I understand this guy actually does business with John Sullivan. And um, there were some questions about how he got through and that kind of thing. So um, I think we'll... I don't know if we'll hear more about that or not. Usually when a juror is dismissed, they're just dismissed. Sure. Um, but it, it does, you know, when you get a jury of 10 men, or I'm sorry, 11 men and one woman, um, you know, it's, it's there was some good work there by the defense helping place the jurors um, during Bardeer. So, I, you know, I, as far as for their side, I mean, you know, it's not an ideal jury by any means for That's a rape tw- trial. 12 men, um, 12 men, two women? Uh Eleven. Well, it can't be even number, is it? No. As far as the um, the actual jury goes, I don't know how it breaks down once you throw in the um, alternates. The, the alternates. So, but I think the most important thing that happened yesterday was the, the victim testified. And of course, if you read my story, we have to say alleged victim because um, the the trial's not complete yet. He's not convicted yet. Um, but so the she gets up there and she was a strong strong witness. Um, but it's very clear that her memory was missing for a large part of that night. And, and if you've ever been blackout drunk, you could understand kind of the way she was talking because it was like she would remember a, a blip of something or, you know, she remembers coming to, or, you know, there, she doesn't remember all the conversation, but she remembers bits and pieces. Um, yeah, unfortunately, so I, uh, unfortunately I have been blackout drunk. Um, so yeah. I, so I do, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Well, and I feel like it was kind of, when we walked out of the courtroom, there were a lot of people that sympathized with her um, because the defense was trying to draw the line like, okay, this is as far as you remember, and then you don't remember anything after that. So wait, you just said you don't remember anything after that. So how do you remember that? But the fact is, if you've ever been someone who's been either, I mean, it it could happen under dentist drugs. I mean, it's it's, it's the way it works. So she, um, she was very to an extent, a very sympathetic witness, but she was also very strong. Um, and so you, you heard it from her perspective, and um, there was an MBI agent that testified after they played his interview with John Sullivan, and he kept stressing, like, of course she freaked out. She woke up with a 52-year-old man on top of her. And that was very strong in the courtroom as well, because I think for the women in there anyway, we all thought of ourselves when we were 19, and as much as we hate to admit it, I mean, I say we, as much as some people may hate to admit it, there is a yuck factor for a 19-year-old girl when there's a 52-year-old man she doesn't know on top of her. Well, that was, so but, but that's what made me so fighting mad when I was in the courtroom yeah. the other day. Yeah. It was just as a father of a 21-year-old daughter. Right. You know, it's like, how? maybe I'm different because I have a 21-year-old daughter, so as she gets older... My floor comes up for what I for for what I can even look at and think. Oh, that's a that's a hot girl, you know. Right. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm on into my my my, my mid forties now, you know. And you know, I'm just, uh, anyway, I, I digress. But I just to me that's gross that you can you can be that big of an age difference and look at somebody and say, oh yeah, I'm gonna hit that. Right. Well, and and the other thing we heard we heard his interviews. So we heard the interview that was done the day after it happened, and we heard his statement that was made to. Um, NBI agent Ricky Flint, and in both of those, you know, he he held he he admitted to the things that he did. 
Um, so there are four counts to the indictment, and they're pretty graphic. But, you know, the point is, he did the things that he did, and then when she started to freak out, he grabbed her by the throat and threw her on the bed, according to his own testimony. Um, so, so far, the prosecution has shown that each of these counts is met. Um, but they did. The defense only put up one witness, and it was a um, serology expert from the crime lab. And she testified to the fact that there was no, you know, semen, no bodily fluids, no sperm, that kind of thing. Um, except for in the girl's compression shorts, there was a DNA um, profile that didn't match John Sullivan. Now, they came back on redirect and said, could that have been from a previous encounter before? And, of course, because compression shorts, if I'm thinking of the right thing, you don't wear those every day. They're not like actual underwear. They're actually like a girdle type thing that just smooths and so yeah kind of like kind of like, kinda like uh, that was probably from a previous encounter i wear compression underwear compression shorts that's the kind yeah. of the boxers or whatever you want to call it i wear uh, under armor and they're, they're very uh, i'm guessing they're very similar they tighten things up a little bit they're more firm yep. you know so yep. I, I, I could see how that could happen yeah so that uh, said um you know we we heard from Sullivan's own mouth in those two interviews. He, they talked about possibly he would testify, but he didn't end up testifying, and the defense rested last night. So today we probably will see closing arguments, and then the jury will go out for deliberation. I do understand that even though there is only one woman on the jury, um, a lot of these guys may be girl dads. So it may not go quite as clear as it would seem when you've got a jury that's that male-heavy in a rape trial. Yeah, I was. I, I had. I don't want to. Don't want to say dinner, but I was at an, a, an election party event the other night with uh, and Brandon, and there were a couple area judges there. And of course, I brought this up because I was curious to hear what they were hearing. And they wouldn't, of course, very professional. Wouldn't tell me anything. But right. But what they did say, they were divided. One believes he's going to be found guilty. One believes it'll be a hung jury. And I, but I'm. I, and that was just after day one. So I'm curious. Right. And day one, the defense, the defense's opening arguments were very strong. Uh, Merida Coxwell did, did as, and I, do, I want to make sure I say this. I thought Merida Coxwell did a great job of trying to be as respectful to the victim's family as possible, yeah. just describing what he had to do. So I, I, I don't want to just be all gas, no brakes here, because um, I thought Merida did a good job. And you know, maybe I'm a little biased because he's also Anthony Fox's uh, appellate. I mean appeals attorney so you know but i thought he did a great job as far as being respectful to the family and they made it but they just made a strong argument of maybe this was just a girl that got drunk and made it made a bad decision and regretted it but i I think that the evidence is coming out now that that's not that's not potentially not the case well and if you want to go by the letter of the law the problem that you run into with that argument is that if she's not i mean if she's that drunk then consent doesn't count you know, and so, you know, you at some point, um, and I'm not sure, like, what the legal limit is, but at some point, you know, drunk, a certain level of drunkenness takes away consent, um, and it is still taking advantage of someone. And that was one of the things the MBI agent in the first interview was asking him is, do you think it's possible that you just misunderstood her? You know, do you think it's possible that she was drunk and she didn't realize what was going on, and then all of a sudden when she did, she freaked out? Um so part of the, the thing, if if John Sullivan is to walk away from this, it will have to be proven, I would assume, that there was some level of, um, of consent. 
but also they're going to have to overcome that hurdle of her being as if she was as drunk as they say she was. And they say that her um, blood alcohol level at one point could have been as high as 0.195. Good so, Lord. So, you know, the, the fact remains that it's, it's going to be an interesting um, day today because the, I'll just be honest, the feeling in the courtroom was as we watched, like at one point I realized I couldn't control my face because listening to him describe it as if he's just this befuddled poor old guy that just didn't understand what was going on. Um, it was hard to stomach, um, and I'm not sure what the jury felt, but um, I do know they were, for the most part, listening very closely. There was one point where they seemed some of them to zone out during the, um, the first interview, mainly because it was so repetitive. It was just over and over again. Do you think maybe this was a mistake? Do you think maybe you misunderstood her? Um, and that kind of thing. You know, I think, and they didn't really let too much of it get get put in. Pretty much all of WLBT's reporting early on, all the videos they accumulated, pretty much none of that was admissible. But I right. think it's really important. I think what happened during the during the DUI and the interview in Byram, I think that is extremely important for painting a picture for his state of mind that night. That's why I have no sympathy at all. He he right. he called his shot. He said, yeah. he said what well, he was going to, you know, he he had a night full of uh, jacuzzi, female body part, and lust ahead of him. Right. Well, and, and in addition to that, though, I mean, th- there was some pretty graphic language in the interviews where he did talk about, you know, she's there in front of him um, and how he proceeded from that point, um, including some of his gear may not have been functioning and he tried to force it to function. Um, and again, it, it got more graphic than a lot of trials I've been in. Um, but that said, this is the first, you know, this is the first rape trial I've covered that was focused on the actual mechanics of the rape. So um, yeah. it, it just has, has been very uncomfortable to listen to, to say the least. I'll tell you, and I came on the radio and said this Tuesday, the kudos I, I i can't find the words i'm not articulate enough to find the words to express to the alleged victim and their family for following through with this and knowing what it was going to be like to have to go and relive that night in court and to face him and and with with all the backlash and just the, the everything involved in that yeah it's it's why I, I really from other reasons as well but it's why i really tend to side with them on this because why would you put yourself through that if, if, well, if you think, didn't really I believe it happened? Right. There are women that are listening right now um, who wish we had that kind of courage. I'll just put it like that. You know, they, I think there are a lot of women that have found themselves in those kind of situations that, you know, for some reason or another couldn't speak up or didn't speak up or weren't willing to go through what it was going to take to get justice didn't want to put themselves or their families through it, that kind of thing. And, and there is a level of bravery here that I think should be applauded. Absolutely. What is she, 20, maybe 21 now? She was 19 when it happened. Therese, can you hold over for a few minutes and uh, come back and cap this off? Sure. All right. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I've got Therese April on the line. We're discussing the soon-to-be former Rankin County tax assessor John Sullivan's rape trial out there in Rankin County. We'll be right back after. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. Uh, we're just going to jump straight back in here with Therese and wrap this up. Hey, Therese. 
Yes. Hey. Hey. You know, so one of the things we were just talking about uh, during the break was, you know, I, I want people to understand here that you, when you think about, well, you know, she went home with a with a with an old man. What did she think was going to happen, or just whatever could be going through people's minds out there? And that's not how this whole, whole scam works with these guys. He has no. a he he has a younger fella that um, recruits the you know nice looking little cute younger guy. That recruits these younger girls and hey, let's go back and party, jump in the jacuzzi, yada yada yada, and then right. oh here's the here's the guy that has the house and you know he's buying people drinks allegedly and this that and the other you know so it's not it's not as easy as saying well what did she think was going to happen you know she went back to a, a grown man's house blah 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 I just know how guys right. think so that's why I'm paraphrasing here I've been a part of these idiot conversations before. And yeah. uh, well, what was she wearing? She knew what she was doing, you know, all that crap. And, uh, you know, then as your children get older, your female children get older, your opinions on these things drastically change. Sure. But, um, you, you know, so he has, he had a, it's kind of a bait and switch type thing, whether it's intentional or not. That's what, that's, that's what happened. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. Well, and I think, so to kind of outline what her night looks like, she went out for a girls' night with two of her friends and then one of those friends' mothers and her friends. So this wasn't like a get-crazy type night. This was my friend's mom is going out with us. And then she's wearing um, a bodysuit, which just basically it's a shirt that buttons under your crotch so that it stays smooth, um, jeans and a cardigan, and, like, Nikes. She wasn't dressed up, like, to go to the club or anything like that. So while they're there, they run into this, other person, they, they, well, actually two guys that were friends of Sullivan's, and um, at some point she testified that Sullivan came and offered to buy her a drink, and she was trying to ignore him, so she just told the bartender no. So when he was rejected, he just walked away. She didn't see him again until she had left the bar. They all left the bar, but one of this guy's friends said he was too drunk and he needed her to drive his truck home. So she got in his, they had talked about going to the hot tub. They thought, she thought she was going to this guy's house, this young guy's house. So her friends were in their car, and because she was the most sober, she drove the, the young guy's truck out to this house that she understood was his. When they got there, and they all got in the hot tub, she's still thinking she's at his house. And then John Sullivan shows up. And at some point, this younger guy brings her a beer. It's the only thing she remembers drinking at that house. And that's where her mind starts to black out. That's where she starts to lose memory. So during all this, it's like she goes from like three or four drinks at the bar um, to one beer at the house, according to her testimony. And I didn't hear the testimony of her friend because I was um, at a class in Oxford. But the long story short, this was not a girl that set out that night to go get crazy. And um, in one of the um, the interviews with the NBI agent, Sullivan said that she had said something about getting a check. But to my understanding, she has not asked for anything. She basically just wants justice done is, is what, you know, we seem to see here in the, these court testimonies. Um, but the fact is that, you know, it's like they show her this video of the night, and she's like, I remember this part. I don't remember this part. And there's a part where she gets up out of the hot tub, and he gets up and he follows her. And so, the you know, they question her a lot about that. But in his testimony um, to the NBI agents, the first time he said that he, um, I think he said that he led her in there. And the second one, 
they walked into the bedroom hand in hand. And neither of those things are correct in, you know, the testimony. So it's like we see some inconsistencies in his his statement. But the biggest part that, that seemed to really hit me was the part where she thought she was going. And she said multiple times, I felt safe because I thought it was me and my two friends and a guy our age. And then it turned out that it changed. And, and at some point, Sullivan's son shows up, and then another young guy shows up with a woman. And, you know, so it's like there was other things going on. But in her mind, she was at this, this young man's house that was just a year or two older than her, and she was in his hot tub, and she was with her friends, and it was a safe environment. It's gross. All of it's gross. I hope that, you know, parents of young men... I tell you, if you ever have the opportunity to to go sit in a, through a through a rape trial, I, I don't, I'm not looking at it like a spectator sport, but it could be a hell of a learning curve for you. Yeah. Uh, what, what I it was the first time I ever did it was the other day, and having to see that and hear that, uh, guys, if you're ever doing something like this, you know, trying to take advantage of a girl, or maybe she's just drunk, and you're both drunk, and you're having fun, and all that good stuff, and it, it could these things can be turned around quick. And things can escalate quick, and you can find yourself in this situation. Now, obviously, I don't think this was just, just that, but I'm just making a point here. Uh, young men could, could pay attention to this and learn. And girls, too, for that matter, obviously. Um, I, I know I've used it as a, as a lesson for my daughter. Like, the, when you go out and you, and you get hammered, these are the things that could potentially that could lead to. And, I, and, and to hear your story, and I wasn't even aware of that, that she had only had that one beer which obviously that raises the question: What was she drugged? And I know some of these drugs, some of these date rape drugs, from my understanding, can be out of the system within thirty minutes, according sure. to, according to conversations that I had with some people, you know, in beer with narcotics and and all that stuff. And I was never aware of that. You always, you know, so even if she went to the hospital, had a rape kit done, had had blood work done, anything they could have possibly allegedly given her would have already been out of her system potentially. Right. That's and and I think the thing is. To, to stay objective, because he is still, he still has not been convicted. Um, you know, his side of the story, um, he's told. <laughs> uh, but I, I do need to say that it, it, it seems very unlikely that he, um, and I think one of the things that I heard somebody say is, you know, look at that guy and look at this girl. There's just not a way that she's going to go home and sleep with him. And there's been arguments you know, whether back and forth, whether she was trying to get to his money, that kind of thing. But she testified yesterday that she didn't even know who he was, that she didn't know who he was as far as his position or his money until well after the fact, um, as far as, you know, when people are saying she was trying to actually extort him. Um, and, and that said, you know, that kind of takes some of the wind out of that argument. Um, well, but in also, the end, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, in the end, you know, we'll hear from the jury, hopefully today. I mean, it could take longer than a day of, of discussion, but they, they will be um, you know, doing closing arguments today and sending it to the jury. Yeah, you know, maybe I give, maybe I give humanity too much, too, too much credit here, but I, I would think, and having owned bars and ran bars for as long as I did and partied and all that stuff, I, I'm just going to speculate that talking about the was she doing this for the money thing I, I don't think at 19 years old you're looking at the old man across the bar and thinking i'm gonna go back to his house i'm gonna do this stuff and i'm gonna get paid don't even know anything about this guy you know what i mean 
Especially so, not on a night you're wearing jeans and tennis shoes and a cardigan and you're out with your friend's mom. Yeah, I just, I, I, it, that don't line up. It's one thing if your booty's hanging out the bottom of a short, potentially you could maybe make that argument you left there looking for attention, so on and so forth. But that, that wasn't the case this night. And I'm still not saying that that gives anybody the right to do it. I'm just saying there's things you wear to draw attention to yourself and there's things you wear not to. And, right, exactly. And uh, she was clearly not trying to draw any sexual or that kind of attention, that, that uh, thirst trap type attention to herself this evening that would right. typically attract an, an old man or any man for that matter. All right, um, Therese, uh, thank you. Maybe we'll recap this tomorrow if we get a verdict today. I really appreciate sure. you taking the time this morning. She's got a great article up, guys, darkhorsepressnow.com. Go read it. Therese, thanks. Thank you. Uh-huh, bye. All right, we'll be right back after this break to close out hour one, and I'll start reading your text, and we'll take some phone calls if you all want to call. We'll be right back. Back in to the Clay Edwards Show. I'm trying to where I get to where I don't read a an ad for this last little short segment so you don't get commercials, ad, commercials and news, back to back to back like that. But I, I think now is a, you can call this an ad if you want. I think it's a great time to talk about Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing. They offer, I'm talking to my girls out here today, they offer women's only self-defense classes. Now, if, you, if, if you're if you not in the right state of mind, I, I don't know how much that would help. But generally speaking, they offer women's self-defense classes taught by a female instructor in a non-male atmosphere. So there's no men in the room at all. So you can learn about self-defense and, you know, how to potentially get yourself out of a bad situation if you're being taken advantage of by somebody or somebody's trying to rape you or whatever, they, you know, just just throwing this out there. I, I think it's a great point to bring up. And as a father of a daughter, I, I just want to make sure I mention that. Also, of course, they have adult jiu-jitsu taught by Hoist Gracie Black Belt, Chant Shepard. They have kickboxing, fitness kickboxing, and they offer kids jiu-jitsu. And man, start learning it young and you get yourself out of a lot of situations as you become an adult. I think that's a really, really good to mention this. You can find them. Go go do it. Try it for a week. It's free. First week's free. After that, if you use, tell them you heard it on the show, the Clay Edwards Show, you're going to get 20% off. That's Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. they got a location up there in Madison on Ridgecrest Drive and one in Pearl in Fairmont Plaza. You can check them out online, GracieSouth.com. Just throwing that out there, man. I mean, we, we got great sponsors here that can help you learn the skills you need to protect yourself, whether it's jujitsu or a gun from guns and gear, you know, support these sponsors, get out there, get what you need to feel safe. And uh, we'll be right back. This is the Clay Edwards show. Got a whole nother hour to go. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on the Clay Edwards Show, and check out all things Clay Edwards at clayedwardsshow.com for shirts and more. Peace.